Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Can't Tell Us Nothing show. This is Can't Tell Us Nothing show. You listen to the sound you listen to right now. Or the sound you can't tell us nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So the sounds you just heard are the sounds of Tandy. Yeah. Amici. Uh Uh-huh. John. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> and myself, Antoine, and the four of us form an improv group in Houston, Texas, known as Can't Tell Us Nothing. What this show is, we take discussions, opinions, topics, turn it into improv scenes on the spot. Those are scenes that we just make up right now, and then we jump back into the discussions. Um, today, we're actually looking to talk about some of our favorite books that we've read. Maybe yeah. a C-Ton book recommendation episode um, because we, we we talk about books from time to time. I mean, Amici, you, you write all the time, so I know you must read books. I know John reads books all the time. Tandy, <laughs> Dartmouth goes without saying, right? I mean, and, and UT. And UT. And UT. Hey, my favorite, um, this lady uh, had a, uh, she, she published her own book and she had a, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a book party or whatever. I don't know. This was so many years ago. Release party? And, like it's for her book? Like, yeah, but it Probably was a release like, party. Yeah, but it was a self-published book. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if a, I guess a company did it. It did have a binding on it. Um, it wasn't just some staple pages, but they might as well have been because the book was just really random. <laughs> and the first thing, like people were asking her questions and <laughs> The first thing she said was, see, I don't read other people's books. See, I don't read. Other, and I was like, I, I don't even want to read what you wrote. Because <laughs> if you're not reading people's books, how can you write? How do you call yourself a writer if you don't read? Uh, that was just, that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. But anyway. Did she go on the right of the books? I love it. I love it. Huh? Did she go on the right of the books? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it seriously. I don't know what what possessed her to do this one. So uh, was the book thrown together in just a random like stream of consciousness? Like, did she have a framework or a format? To- see, it's a book about a man who was henpicked. See, the man was henpicked. That's all I got from her discussion. I'm down. I was, I was so not interested, but she needed she needed a place to have the event. So she asked a friend of mine, uh, uh, her her boyfriend, to have the thing at her house. It was just it was it was so many like steps to it, and then she needed a ride back home after the event. There were just so many pieces at play that that led me to feel <laughs> that you know, at, at, come on, what are we doing? Here? <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Yeah, I remember. I never really understood until my adult years how possibly low the barrier is for writing a book. Um, and and <laughs> I had a friend, not to put him on blast, but he <laughs> it still it still boggles my mind. He he wrote a book about success. I, I probably told you guys about this before. He wrote a book about how to be successful while staying on his friend's couch. Like, I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. I, part of me wants to buy the book to be like, I just want to see what he says. But at the same time, it is a fence. Uh, yes, you don't have to be a great player to be a great coach. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yes, to his defense. Yes, maybe he watched a bunch like a thousand, ten thousand hours of other successful people. And he just documented it in a book. Yeah, he didn't do, he didn't implement any of it. He just <laughs> funneled it yeah. into his own book. 
<laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But Maybe I, I, I would, I, I would try to help everybody else. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would also probably say that, let's say like if Michael Jordan at the prime of his career wrote a book on how to be the most successful basketball player. If, if he wrote it, it would probably be trash. Probably. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is, I kind of want to check the guy's book out. <laughs> yeah, because how do you? T- I mean, how do you describe, or how can you talk somebody through talent, or just like this magic, or just? I mean, so, you know, when you ask somebody, I mean, how you do that? I don't know. Just, just happen. Like, how do you? How can you understand math like that? I don't know. I just do. So that person shouldn't <laughs> write a book. We cut to Michael Jordan's friend <laughs> approaching him after reading his book. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, rich book. Um, got some, I got some, I got some criticisms. I got, I got a few comments, a few suggestions even. Here's just my review. All right. Um, so here's the thing about the book, Mike. It's kind of written as if you need to be Michael Jordan in order to play like you. Um, and in, in, in the first chapter, you're, you say by high school, you should be over six feet tall. Like that's not an instruction you can give someone. It's just a, a thing they have to be that's in their <clears throat> genetics. You see what so, I'm saying, Mike? I mean, I, I, I think I understand. Matter of fact, I understand what you're trying to say. You know, um, let me ask you this. Have you been on any losing teams in your career? Um, sure. Yeah. I think everybody has. What I don't think this book is for you. This book is only for people who are in the road, in the journey to become the greatest basketball player of all time. So far, I'm the only one to achieve that. So my road seems to work. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And by chapter three, you talk about already having your first championship. Um, this is chapter three of your instructional <laughs> book, Mike. Like, people don't have championship rings and and trophies at this point. They're still learning. These are for kids and teenagers. Well, I also put in chapter three that in order to achieve these championships, you got to be able to go after the best in the world and compete with them and knock them down so that those championships will come, man. There's there's steps to the progress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw those steps. You know, get on your team tour bus and hop on your <laughs> hop in your helicopter to <laughs> get to your training ground. Like listen, look, these man. aren't things that regular people have, Mike. <clears throat> Antoine, listen, can I can I be honest with you? Sure, sure, of course. I, I'm being honest with you, right? The Bible is not what? for everybody. The Bible. Who do you think the Bible was written for? Huh? When Jesus and all of his angels and minions wrote the Bible. They were thinking about one blueprint to get to heaven. That's all I'm saying is one way to become the greatest basketball player of all time, like Michael Jordan, man. Michael, have have you read the Bible? I don't Jesus didn't write the Bible. I didn't I didn't have to read the Bible. I got I I have paid pastors that come and do uh give me prayer before I go out and, and play basketball, man. That's we cut to <laughs> we cut to Jesus and his disciple Paul. Jesus, oh, I've been I've been looking over some of the writings that that you uh, have put in the inspired word, and it's so inspiring. Um, and I know you say you want people to follow, but I I just want you to know that the way you've written it, there's no way people can. 
be inspired by it. I mean, it's, it's called, you know, the Bible, they're supposed to follow it. But the first thing you say is, you know, God is my father. Yeah, if you basic, want basic to so. be like me, basic then God so. needs yeah. to be your father. But, but that uh, that can't happen, Jesus. I mean, it, there's only one. There's only one you. You know, everybody's not going to have that experience. Hey, uh, Peter, I need you to try harder. Okay, um, if God is your father, make God your father. Uh, uh, well, Otherwise, you might as well put on that book and get ready for, for hell. Okay, and <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Put down exactly. that book and get, book and get ready. ready. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> How do you get ready for it? Get ready for it. Might as put down that book get ready for it. But it's true. It's true. Like, experts in the field don't necessarily mean they're good authors or good teachers. Like, it's true. And especially when it comes to stuff based on talent and natural ability. That, that's probably why Jesus technically didn't write the book, because he was like, there's no way they're going to understand where I'm coming from. How many U12, you know, ruffians from all of these different areas to speak to the people that you know how to speak to? Because it's not going to come out right. Jesus was like the idea man. He just did that. They had to talk him out of it. And they finally were like, Judas, man, what we gotta do something, man. We gotta get we gotta get yeah. this guy out of the writing part of it, and we gotta take that over some kind of way. Mm -hmm. What can we do? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Judas was looking to get other publishers and authors involved <laughs> the last minute. And yeah. Uh, Turn his back, and that's that's probably why a lot of people have like uh, I don't know, I don't want to say like ghost I guess ghost writers or other people write you know write for them because then they can contextualize you know exactly if you were doing a this is how I became this they can put it in other words or mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe see the magic of the situation and break it down break down the steps whereas. The yeah, yeah, and that makes me think of one of my favorite books that I'm going to recommend. Excuse me, uh, I have a bunch of them, but this one goes in line with what you just said, and it's Curtis Jackson's "Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter." Who is that's Fifty Cent? Huh? Oh, no, it's Fifty Cent. Now, what I like about <laughs> where, like, who is Curtis Jackson? Yeah, just, just for all of the non Fifty Cent fans, you might like Curtis Jackson, the uh, the book writer. Um, <laughs> but Curtis Jackson spent a lot of time working with Robert Greene, which is another one of my favorite authors. He wrote Forty Laws of Power. He wrote recently The Laws of Human Nature, Mastery. A lot of these books that I wrote that I've read that are incredible. He spent a lot of time writing and working with Robert Greene, which helped him, I guess, elevate his level of skill in writing a book and hustle harder hustle smarter was a dope book i mean it's like a business uh not a necessarily a business book like a a strategy it's really like a self-help book written by one of the most bullying hip-hop artists of all time <laughs> which is why i decided and he literally starts the book with now i'm not recommend you get self-help from me curtis jackson 50 cent <laughs> known for bullying a whole lot of MFs in the hip-hop game. 
But if you look at it in my way, would you rather be the bully or the bully? Oh, no. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, <no>. next chapter. <laughs> no, it was great, man. He has a chapter literally dedicated to talking about Takashi 69 and his guidance that he tried to give him before this whole debacle went down. Uh, and it's his his advice is very sound. It's almost like if Patrice O'Neill wrote a book, but had a legitimate author to, like you said, synthesize his ideas so they're not as, you know, harassing. You know, <laughs> you, you kind of go, okay, I could kind of see how a guy in this position could get away with doing that, you know. But um, it was a dope book, man. It, it, long story short, it was, you know, a lot of things could be tackled. Um, nothing is out of reach if you're willing to work. Persevere, really. That's what all self-help books are, is perseverance and dealing with failure. But his take was hilarious, and I learned a lot of stuff from it, man. I learned a lot. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to read a book uh, by someone, and the whole premise is just like, don't do what I did. Like, every every story, every chapter is uh, about, you know, something they did wrong, and not even what they learned from it. Just like, that was terrible. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that messed up. Next chapter. <laughs> I can see that being like a Rick James memoir book. Because <laughs> there's like no real benefit. Like, outside of the content he created. Like, he just shitted on a whole lot of people his whole life. You know, from what the documentaries I've saw. Say it. So I can only imagine his memoir book would just be like a bunch of, you know, Eddie Murphy. I, like I, I saw one documentary that said like he, it was him and the guy who played Eddie Winslow. They were really close. Like yeah. I think that's, I think that was like his godfather. And they were going over to Eddie Murphy's house because they were close. And I guess he was drunk out of his mind and got in Eddie Murphy's like bins to test drive it with the Eddie Winslow guy. Uh, accidentally ran over one of his like statues in the fountain and just told him, let's get out of here. You know, like they just left and just said, well, he was like, oh, I'll call Eddie tomorrow and let him know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that kind of person as your friend. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like that he's just come from old school. And I believe he was like a pimp or something before he got his like first song blew up. Like that's where he got a lot of that, like, I guess, influence from us. He was a pimp for like six weeks or something. Six weeks. Just six. six weeks. Don't paraphrase me, but it was a short amount of time. He was a pimp. Like, what happened? He didn't make the cut 90 days. I honestly don't think, I think it's like he didn't have the stomach to do it. Like, he didn't like being mean to the women. He just like getting the money. <laughs> we cut to. <laughs> He cut to a, a pimp at his 90-day review process at his new pimp job. <laughs> uh, Sylvester. Sylvester. Yeah? Yeah, come on in, Sylvester. <laughs> you know it's time for your review. <laughs> okay, okay. I know we got we to gotta make this a little quick because, you know, I'm supposed to be getting my nails done in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not gonna hold you, man. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm getting my bins waxed as we speak. So I got to hurry up and get on out here. But I just wanted to go over some of the major points that we wanted to talk about before you <laughs> advance. Okay, okay. All right, all right. And now on this review, we had some of the other pimps. Go ahead and follow you. They preceptors, if you will. You know, oh, yeah. They've been following you. Okay. Yeah, they, I saw I saw a lot of them swagger jackets walking, <laughs> following behind me when I was walking in and out of my little, you know, shops, getting my mink done. You know, what's, what's, what's going on with that? Why are all these other pimps sweating me, man? Well, they not sweating you, man. We call that the pimp peer review. Okay. We just can't have you out there pimping. You know, you knew, you don't know exactly the fine details of the game, but these these other pimps, you see what I'm saying? They just following you around to make sure you got the stomach for the game. And okay. I'm gonna just let you know, Sylvester, unfortunately, they felt that you didn't. So <laughs> pimping, I don't know that you're gonna advance to the next stage of pimpdom. Wait a second, you trying to lay Sylvester out of pimping? Don't nobody <laughs> lay me off. I laid myself off, okay? <laughs> now, this laugh that I've adopted is merely a part of my pimp identity. Don't let it fool you and make you think that I'm enjoying this. Cause this oh, is I, I thought I was rolling. I thought you was laughing off of my little. <laughs> and no, player, that's just how I roll. Well, listen, unfortunately, we're going to have to put you back into the remedial pimp class because there are a few steps that you miss. A okay? few steps? Yeah. We saw you taking the ladies out and buying ice cream. We saw you dropping the ladies off at home instead of making them ride the bus. Come on, Pimpin. Come on, man. Listen, man, I'm I'm just trying to try my hand at a little a little bit of uh uh employee appreciation, if you know what I mean. I mean it was hot that day, and I just wanted to add a little bit of sprinkles to that ice cream to keep my ladies real cold and also uh, wet, if you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. I hear, I, I, I dig what you're laying down, Pippin. I'm smelling what you're stepping in. But unfortunately- I may not be stepping in nothing. These are my Stacey Adams Gators, man. I just brought these out for my peer review. What, what that does, that brings me over to the next section, player. You real literally in your understanding. We drop a lot of phrases around here, pimping. We just say things. We have colorful language. You over understand what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, we don't just ABC it. We don't just one, two, three it. You know, everybody else, one, two, three, four, five, six. We one, two, three, four, five, eight player. Cause everybody's expecting the five, six, and the seven. All right. We just <laughs> We got to the remedial class where Sylvester is, is in. <laughs> All right, class. So we're going to go over some of that colorful language we like to drop down. All right. I got a few sentences on the board. I need y'all to say it how you would need to say it as a pimp out in the streets. All right. Let's go to you, sir. Sylvester, welcome back. Let's see what you've learned. Okay. <laughs> Look at the sentence on the board here. All right. Mm -hmm. Sir, may I have a banana? Now, how would you say that as a professional pimp? <laughs> I mean, what I will usually say 
is where my banana banana at, man. But what I'm supposed to say is better have my yellow skins, bitch. Beautiful, beautiful, Sylvester. Beautiful, Sylvester. Well done. I just right. don't understand why we got to put all that on it. I mean, it's like, you know how many times somebody says, excuse me, when I say pimp language? I get tired of repeating myself. <laughs> I love it. Remedial class. Welcome back. There's a pimp union and everything. Uh, art. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, God. <laughs> Hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, Any other books? Anybody else got a recommendation for Bizook? I was trying to think where to transition from there. It's like, <laughs> I, I do want to read the book that Dave Chappelle was recommending on the special. I think it was just called Pimp, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I read that one. And there's a good documentary on Iceberg Slim that he put together himself. You could watch that and see if that interests you to watch or read the book but it is like um it details out pretty literally how these guys are able to get women to work and give them money in their bodies um and i had no idea like you always hear the games to be sold not told but i had no idea that there was a like a legitimate like history and game to like how they get that. And one of the most incredible points he said in the book was that uh, the women who are being pimped are ones that are looking for the easy way out. So there's a specific type of person they go after. And they said, if, if a woman doesn't want to look for the easy way out, she can't be pimped. So they have to want to be pimped, you know, which kind of goes in line with like, like for example, if I'm down trot, but I see a drug dealer I know he's going to be dead in 30 days, but he has all this money. Go. I don't want to go work. I don't want to go to school. I'd rather ride from wave to wave. Those are the kinds of women they were saying are people. They said that that psychology is a quote unquote pimpable psychology. And that that, that, that was really kind of what he, they still didn't say that explicitly. But after I read it and kind of thought about that in context, I mean, I think that can apply in like any industry. Right. Somebody who's looking to somebody else to take on accountability can essentially get pimped, get, you know, steamrolled for a promotion, can get, you know, screwed on finances. Like it's a mindset. But the book is I think is it's a I think it's a good read because it's a part of the American story. And it talks a little bit about the history of like post slavery and how pimping started like how it how it kind of blew up after post-slavery from like a lot of the you know uh you know white men who still had their lust for black women and these black men that did not want to work for white people who were ex-slaves they capitalized on that that opportunity and it's a pretty deep book man um <clears throat> i probably had my daughters read it in high school <laughs> nice. Gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta know. I thought it was um just that uh, I was watching uh what's that? 
I think it was Pimps Up, Hoes Down, HBO. Yes, the <laughs> legendary HBO documentary. And yeah. I, it was a scene where um, I, I don't know at what stage of being in the game this woman was, but this pimp was just talking to her. It was almost like, um, like uh, you know, a torture tactic that you use for a prisoner of war or something. He's just like constantly in her ear, just talking, 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 talking. And then, you know, like flipping these words and all this. And she's just like, yeah, yeah. I was like, no wonder you get sucked in. You know, there's just somebody like, just this repetitive, just da 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 da, da, da and, and just right there in your ear. I I, I I thought that that had to be a part of the process that just kind of like break you down, shake you up. You can't even think you can't, you know, like you're trying to maybe come up with an argument, but your mind is too slow because he's over to the next topic. And you're like, well, how do I do the next thing? You know, you wearing a um, leotard and your booty's out and you got on some thigh high boots and you're like, how did I end up? I assume. You're like, how did I end up here? But no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure your uh, what you talked about probably has a lot more to it because you got to agree to it. You know, you, you yeah. It, I mean, you have to agree to it, and it's kind of like I, I often I got the vibe of the uh, Stockholm syndrome a lot as I was going mm-hmm. through, right, and you know, I'm one of those people who think like if it happens in one type of situation it may be more fluid than we imagine we just have a context in this situation but it could easily be the same exact mechanism in pimping eventually like i remember dave Chappelle said it like in yeah. one of the things in a book was like you beat somebody and then you you help them you know um i was like geez like that like is that something that's true about human beings like i need to watch out for the when i have these crazy situations with somebody who has a little status, how they treat me afterwards, does that make me kind of forgive what happened? Because I'm, I want to kind of remove myself from that bad accident, you know, or whatever. But So that actually reminds me of, a, of another book that actually Dave Chappelle recommended as well. Um, the Narrative and Life of Frederick Douglass, which I did listen to uh, not too long ago. That's a really great book. I recommend yeah. that. Um, written by Frederick Douglass. The dude is a great, <laughs> is a great writer. <laughs> one of um, the greatest. One of the greatest. And, and one of the points that he made in the book that I thought was interesting, because I always like to take those like recontextualizations, which I think is one of the things we enjoy doing as a group, mm-hmm. is he was saying that um, for when he was a slave, uh, when it got to be around the holidays, Christmas time, their masters would give them a few days off, so to speak, right? And they would encourage them to drink and gamble and like release steam, right? This is your release valve. And then after they spent all what little money they had and got drunk, it was like, all right, come back and work for me, right? Like, aren't I a great slave master? Like, didn't I look at the time off I gave you, right? And be grateful. And that mm-hmm. <laughs> made me think of like, work Christmas parties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at all the booze we have for you guys. Yeah. Are we a great job? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no bonuses this shit though. No, 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 no promotions. No bonuses, but yeah. all the booze we got. Yeah. Man, we're taking you to Six Flags, guys. Snacks. Like a sixty year old engineer. Six flags. Come on, we're going to Six Flags. <laughs> all right. And you're wearing a Six Flags shirt from nineteen eighty four. No, I, I I remember that too. And the other the other thing I thought about about that, that part of the story was, and he said that um, they were they were some. I read an article on it, and they were saying they were trying to connect the alcohol abuse 
uh, early early stages of it during those holidays and periods because there was some plantation they said that they were if you didn't drink then they would find ways to kind of like you know, I guess get ramifications so they wanted you so drunk that you couldn't think of anything to do to get away if you wanted to right or if you went to down the street to see your family you had to have a bottle of whatever they had to you know you were inebriated so you were defenseless versus the situation you're in. And I thought about that in context to like <clears throat> how much of that has kind of kicked off the wrong behaviors in our community with drinking, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, on top of everything. But I mean, it wasn't as funny as the work party thing. <laughs> but I mean, I feel that way anyway. Like when I tell my friends like corporate plantation, all my friends laugh and I'm like, I mean, it's a newer form of it, right? I mean, we cut to a we cut to a, a boardroom. All right, all right, everybody. Everybody got your bottles. Look down under your seat if you haven't already. You got some uh got a little Hennessy down there for you, John. Uh, thank, little, uh thanks, thanks. Got a little vodka down there for you, Amici. Oh, I know you're a whiskey drinker, Antoine. Look down under that chair, you got oh. Look yeah, at that. You guys, yeah, go ahead, you guys, and got some cups there, got some ice uh, if you want. Go ahead and uh, pour yourself up a pour yourself up a drink. We're just oh, gonna wow. kick back and relax for this meeting. Why, yes, well, we I, are. I, I see that you have some cranberry juice in front of you. Is there are you gonna borrow some yeah, of Michi's no. vodka or no, 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 I'm not gonna mix, I'm just gonna have this cranberry juice. Uh, you know, doctor told me to slow down a little bit, you know. I uh, can't okay, do too much of this. It's, yeah. it's also 9.15 in the morning, uh, a little early for... I know, but let's go ahead and you know. get it started now. we got a long day of ahead of us. Come Here, on. How about we just wait to drink after we get done with all the financials? You know? Yeah, see, so you, you booked this two-hour meeting. I'd rather, you know... Well, I mean, yeah. part of the... I figured we'd, we'd relax for the first uh, few minutes, you know, have a couple of drinks, <clears> kick <throat> it, and then we'll uh, get into the agenda there. Uh, everybody's got an agenda, but go ahead now. I'll, I'll no. tell you what. I'm gonna finish my coffee first and get my coffee going, and then I'll uh, I'll pour myself a little a little glass. All right. I told Melanie to to not make coffee this morning. I wanted. Oh, you I brought guys my own. I brought my own. What can I do? Yeah, it no, was we weird just... too because she like grabbed my hand when I was walking in. She, I was like, if you want some coffee, I could have brought you some. <laughs> I don't know. I got you. Got to talk to her. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna finish my my breakfast sandwich as well. Man. Feel free to get started. <clears throat> yeah, I took I a couple of breakfast yet. So yeah, okay. I popped a salt tablet, so I'm pretty good on hydration. But look at but look at the agenda. First, it says drinks and spirits. Um, you know, chatting, sharing our day, and then yeah. we get into the actual meeting. I don't want to I don't want to skip ahead to the actual meeting. I want you guys to enjoy that because it's. I mean, actually, it's, you know, kind of part of the meeting. You have to, I want you guys to be loose. We got a lot of important things to talk about. All right. I'm gonna, I'm just going to come out and say it. Tandy, I think you want us to have a drinking problem. I think you yeah. do. I think, I think you want us to always be drinking, always be drunk and possibly use that to your advantage. That's, I'm just going to go out and say, guys, it's early in the morning. I just had my coffee. I'm feeling honest. Listen. Let me close the door here. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? We got a sizable chunk of money from 
the government, okay, to help employees drinking and other substance abuse problems. And do we you, do you have a wire, Tandy? Are you wearing no. a wire or something? You, you sound pretty. There's no wire. I'm just telling you guys. Listen, we've got money. We don't have one drunk or anybody that we can report and put in our to, to put in our report so that, that it can justify this 2.8 billion that we received from the government. All right, 2.8 billion. We're gonna have to give it back if we don't have at least one person with a drinking problem. Is that the government right there? That's, I'm, 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 that's why I'm I'm muting the call because we can't we can't have that. All right. We cut to the government. All right, listen, guys. What are we gonna do about this 2.8 million billion that we flubbed and sent this company? I mean, I'm gonna lose my job if we can't get this money back, or they're gonna have to produce some drunks. I mean, we probably shouldn't have been drunk at the time we were doing it. That was probably the problem. It sounded hilarious at the time, but we it sounded great. <laughs> Why did we start drinking at nine fifteen in the morning? It's such a bad I idea. I, I I don't know. I remember one of us was just like, "Yo, let's let's send two point eight billion dollars to this company that makes cups of all kinds and see what they do." And I thought it was a great idea. A great American experiment. Well, we definitely laughed for like 20 minutes over the idea. So I can't argue that it wasn't a great idea. We thought there'd be so many cups. I'm about to lose my job if we don't produce some stats here, guys. I need at least 100 drunks signed up at that that company. Or we got to find a way to, to get that money back, man. We cut back to the meeting. So I'm sure these geniuses, I mean, these people who came up with this idea, you know, we're, we're uh, very concerned and committed to the idea of, of us helping people who really need it. And they picked this company. I'm sure it was some well thought out plan. They did a lot of research and they said, where is our money best spent? OK. And it sounds like the government. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm so convinced of that. All right. So if I could at least get you three guys and, you know, if maybe you can get your families or, you know, other people that, you know, yeah, because it, it, it includes your your family and your relations, just like your health insurance. You now, your Tandy, you know that my family has a history of drugs and abusing alcohol. I cannot walk into my house and oh, do no, that. That's good. No, go ahead and put their names down. They've got a history. That's great, John. How many people is that? I need a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> So that's essentially what we're saying happened. <laughs> the government was in on the Christmas parties and the drunken slaves. Let's just call it what it is. It's drunk from the call top. What it is. Call it what it is. You know, <laughs> drip down theory. Yeah. <laughs> drip down. <laughs> drip down economic. <laughs> it's what started the prohibition. You know, after they freed all the slaves, they couldn't do all that alcohol stuff anymore. I'm just joshing. That's not what happened. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, man. But yeah. Yeah, Tandy, yeah, Amici, any, any yeah, books you would recommend? Of any. Um, uh, I've, uh, I haven't read uh, too many books this year. Um, I guess one I've read is um, 
friend of the show, Jenny McFarland's uh, House of Deep Water. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah a really enjoyable book. Um, yeah, uh, yeah so she like, paints a great picture of like, the small town. This, this, this woman who moves away and moves back as, as an adult, and there's you know, all kinds of small town stuff going on. Um, uh, yeah, if, you know, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out yet, I'll definitely recommend that one. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like most of this year, uh, I've been uh, reading like screenplays and, and things. Um, so I think I'm almost like 112 for the year, which is quite a oh, bit. Wow. Um, I'll read new ones, things that, things that haven't been made into movies yet, things that weren't made into movies, but, you know, maybe they were, they were good, good scripts, but just didn't write, find the right home. Um, what can you share? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> what can you share? What's one that you read that got that got made? So it's not as like there's no red tape. One surprising one you read that got made. Um, oh, let me look at the folder. Yeah. One that you said when you read it was absolute garbage, and then they got made. <laughs> like, boy, good luck with this one. <laughs> it wins an Oscar. What? <laughs> Um, a couple that I read and then saw that they uh, got made this year. Uh, did, did you guys see Project Power on Netflix? Yep. No. Jamie Fox. Yeah, I read that one at the beginning of the year. Um, oh, they, they made it to a movie. And Coffee and Kareem, which I didn't really like the movie. No. Um, also on Netflix. Yeah. I've seen um, the name. But yeah, I read that one too. Uh, so, which, which one did you like? Did you, did you like Coffee and Kareem better in their script form, or, or like which one do you think? Um, I, 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 it's also interesting because uh, from going to scripts to movies, they usually simplify things or cut things out that oh, we don't need that, um, or that we oh, we can do it cheaper this way. Um, we can save money and time by doing it another way, or. Uh, I was going to cut that subplot of all these scenes, um, and there, there was some of that in this one. Um, uh, yeah, like sometimes, like, oh, that was a, that was a good choice. Um, or instead, like going all day to a police station to film a scene, they'll do it in a restaurant um, because they're already here. Um, so it's like you save money and time, and just have two cops talk in a in a restaurant instead of having the whole you know police station and the hundred extras and all the stuff. And we got to do lighting and everything again. Uh, yeah, we'll just have them talk in, in a restaurant at a table. And it doesn't quite make sense, but it's fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why do I have my conversation there? It should be in like an official place, huh? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cross is on my ass again. I can't show myself back unless this case is closed. Instead, it's dead. Yeah. But no, I, I, I watched about like, I think I did about 15 minutes of coffee and Kareem. And I was just kind of. Uh, it didn't catch me. It didn't hook me watching it. I know. No, I haven't. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was so going to say, I, you guys should check it out. I have a quick question. It's, if we wanted to read screenplays that haven't been made, how, where do we where do we go to do that? Yeah, me too. What's um, your source? The internet. <laughs> <laughs> what? They just have their stuff floating around out there? But there there's places you can find. If you know, like... Um, uh, there are like some websites. Um, if, if you type like free screenplays, you'll, you'll find that some basic ones. Um, yeah, me, then, me uh, tell us. Me I'm saying, you're not giving up the source. <laughs> uh, a lot of places, I, uh, 
Reddit. Reddit okay. has a bunch. Um, uh, and Reddit will have like um, what's called the blacklist, which are supposed to be the best, or well, not the not the best, but the the top unproduced screenplays that producers like, but haven't been made into movies or haven't been put into production yet. Uh, and those will get like compiled into a list and released every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can usually find those on Reddit. So I'll usually grab that. It's like about 50 screenplays and I'll, I'll read all of those every year. So that's interesting. Uh, and yeah, and, and that list, from that list, you, you, see, you see about five or 10 of those get made into movies in the next two years. So it's, it's, it's like strange to me. Some of them be like, oh, I recognize this this trailer because uh, these are moments from that script. I, I, I oh, they changed the title, but yeah, this is that that script. Uh, so, yeah, do, is it as uh, is reading a well? I don't know because I always find like reading a book and finishing it a really fulfilling thing. It's like these people belong to me. It's a little personal thing I have. Do you get that same level of fulfillment reading a screenplay? Uh, or- I. I don't think so because it's not as um, you know with a book. It's more yeah. internal. It can be more internal. It can be right. more in their thoughts and you know all the other actions and feelings. And it's longer usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Screenplays can be done in two three hours, and you know that's not enough time to really invest. Right. Um, sometimes it is, um, but most of the time it's like you know if you live with a character for months and months and months. Like um, you know if you watch a TV show for five seasons, right. uh, or you watch a movie for two hours. Um, you know, the, the five season movie we do with the characters for a long time is going to have a deeper right. uh, impact on you more, um, more mm-hmm. often than not than the, you know, the screenplay. Yeah. yeah but, like, yeah. like there's book clubs, which is like screenplay clubs where you just sit around reading screenplay. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And yeah, ooh, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are those. Um, is it? I forget which month it is, maybe November or December. Um, there are like screenplay groups where they're like, oh, we're going to read a script today for 30 days. And I never do that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to read one every day. Um, oh. So I, I, I like to go at my own speed, um, something uh-huh. quicker, something slower. Um, are but, there groups that do like table reads as well? Like they just take the scripts? Uh, and- yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, would be fun to I'm do. I'm joining one of them groups. Let me let me mess around and find one. Let me mess around and find one. A table read group would be fun. That would be a yeah. fun like table read a whole like Independence Day or like uh table read uh Inglorious Bastards or something like that. We 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 cut to a, a, a table read group taking a break. Um um Tandy, Tandy, can I talk hey, to you for a second? Sure, sure, Antoine. Hey, I know it's your first time. Mm-hmm. Um, at the table read, and you know, we we appreciate you know so people excited. who are interested and excited about you know. So excited, yeah. If you could dial it down a little bit, huh? you're, yeah, you're just it's just a bit much at the table. Oh. Um, you're you're louder than everybody. You're you're talking. You're taking multiple built lines. Um, oh. You're doing these weird impressions. Um, oh. I, I would just say, just dial it down a little bit more low key. No, we're not serious here. Yeah, we're all trying to be actors, but. And, and, and screenwriters, but you know, we're all just like we want to hear the script itself, and I, I just feel like you're adding a little bit extra. Oh, okay, that I, I didn't know. I um, I thought you guys were uh, here because you you know you love screenplays, you love the arts, and yep, yep. you like you sure do you know, gung ho um, into it. Seems like if you dial it back, it's like yeah, you know, you could be doing something else instead of this. You know, I don't know, working, doing some <laughs> other hobby. I mean, you should 
like you know, really get well, into it i think oh, it's, it's, it's not a competition you know like we're all here to support each other and i just want to give a little constructive criticism no problem so. I'll try dialing it back. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make enemies. I mean, this is my first time. I'm so excited. Great, great. Yeah, I don't want to make enemies. Oh, I think I think we're we're getting back to the table. Okay. All right. Grab my coffee. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Um, we're we're on uh, page page ten. Okay. Um, and I believe uh, Aunt Jenny had the line here, so let's pick it up from from uh, line two. Okay. Oh no. Beatrice, are you really, really going to leave the farm? Yes, I am. <laughs> but, but what about me and your Uncle Jim? How are we ever going to live without you? You should have thought about that when you kicked my boyfriend out of the house. He's not right for you. He's completely wrong. We want so much more for you. Uh, excuse me. Um, she's sweating all over my paper. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I mean, the big drop please. Sweat just went right over my paper. I can't even read the paper anymore. I'm, I'm so sorry. Let me dab that. Let me John, you're doing great, off. by the way. I am. I'm really feeling it. Thank um, you. But Tandy, please, you know, watch the moisture if you if okay. you don't mind. I'm, I'm um, sorry. Uh, oh, this this is my line. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I'm still here, and I still love you. Cursed, cursed Carl, we kicked you out of this farm 20 minutes ago. Why are you still here? No. He loves me. I love her. Yeah. What do you children know of love? With me and your Uncle Jim. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is... <sighs> it, it's, it's fine, everybody. It's her first time here at the table. It's fine. Okay, yeah. Um, I just feel like she's doing like a Shakespearean kind yeah, of Yeah, it seems very like Shakespearean. But also, I'm getting like a, a Queen Latifah vibe from it as well. Like, I'm not sure... Why you want to do a Queen Latifah impression? There's oh, nothing in the script that indicates it'll be played by Queen Latifah. Is that why you wore your African hat today? I wasn't. No, this is my Saturday hat. I, I wasn't sure. I, I, I didn't know I was doing. Oh. You know we do Queen Latifah table read day, but it's always in October. You know? I'm, I'm sorry. I <laughs> yeah, Queen I Latifah month. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I didn't know it. It's just, guys, it's my first time. I, I mean, well. Maybe if maybe a different scene. Maybe if we yeah, see sure, something sure. else. Let's, maybe I don't know. That's right. That's right. Sure. Let's, well, tell you what. Tell you what. There's some new characters um, in okay. the in the second act. Okay. You'll, you'll take one okay. of those. Okay. And okay. Um, uh, actually, Amici, you want to pick this one up on page thirty-two? Okay, I can I can do that. Okay, here we go. Looks like it's gonna rain today. <laughs> oh boy. A storm cloud. There goes the yep. crop. Yep. There goes the crops. Yep. Oh boy. Hey guys. Hey guys. Is there gonna be a storm today, guys? Is is today the day that we're gonna flood, guys? I mean, I I, I don't know if I can survive another flood, guys. Last time, last time we had that flood, my whole family, my whole family lost a house, guys. If I had to rebuild right now, I'm sorry, sorry, guys. I'm gonna call it there.
What is this weird Macaulay Culkin thing you're doing? I don't get it. I don't get it. It says what? Oh, it, you it, it says Jeff approaches them nervously. <laughs> and I was just that was my embodiment I, of We were all very nervous. We were yeah. very nervous. I, we're all clearly yeah. nervous. Are no you, one but I, you know, I'm not sure. Look, Tandy, I, okay. Go ahead. I think you might need to go back to screen screen table read remedial class. Mm -hmm. um, I just oh. don't know if you're ready for this. Oh. Okay. And cut. <laughs> and scene. There you go. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> table read remedial class. <laughs> impressions. <laughs> I would pay to see someone do those. Like an SNL auditions. Like my first character today is Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be dead. I would be dead. I would be laughing. I don't care what they did. I would probably laugh. <laughs> my first impression is Queen Latifah. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's enough. We'll we'll talk to you later. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at an audition. I'm going to be um, reading uh, Queen Latifah's monologue to uh, Common in Just Right. <laughs> Is that funny? I didn't know that was funny. <laughs> For my next one, I'm going to read Queen Latifah's monologue to LL Cool J in Last Song of the Do you have any more characters? Oh, I you guys like living single? <laughs> you guys if, like if that person doesn't get on SNL in that audition, then they're never going to be great. You got to have somebody who has a boss to do nothing but Queen Latifah bits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And if that person like blew up afterwards, think how great that story would be. <laughs> Here's our audition tape for. That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh man! Oh yes. Speaking of Macaulay Culkin, how much money did he make to like never act ever again? For like 30 years. I don't think he cares. You really think like he's thinking, you know, I'm wealthy enough. I don't have to do it again. Or if he's just like, I don't care about nothing. It's possible he doesn't care. Uh, I saw the nephew from like the Bernie Mac show. Like he had like got oh. out of the business completely and went to like Orlando. was working at Verizon until some dude ran up on him and was like, hey. Aren't you after Bernie Mac show? And then I think like he quit like two weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Su oh, was it Suarez? Je what was his first name? Uh, Jeremy Suarez, something like that. Yeah. That played um what's the name? Uh what was the nephew's name? Junior. Was it not Junior? That was uh, uh, yes. Blackish. Um Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he said that he had gotten like he was cool on the industry and he wanted to kind of do something else. So I could see that. Uh, 
Macaulay Culkin just seemed like he had so much hype as a child. I mean, he's he essentially became like an American, you know, like Steve Urkel, right? Like, you know, they he's basically lived off of Hol- uh, Home Alone. Jeremy mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Jaleel White kept working though, right? Behind the scenes, I believe. And I think he did like I think he has like got his education too. I, I, I think he like produces and writes and stuff like that. And voiceovers, I know he's done. He was like Sonic the Hedgehog's voiceover. Mm. But nobody knew it. Nobody knew <laughs> it. <laughs> but if you go back and listen to, not the original one, but I think the, the one that came out in the 2000s, if you go back and listen to it, now that I've told you that, you can hear Julian. <laughs> You're like, Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know, you know what, boys? Um, Blew my mind was um, learning that um, Shredder in uh, Turtles was James Avery. Really? Yeah. The cartoonist? Yes. What? James James Avery. Avery. Yeah. Little Phil. Wow. It was. It was. Shredder in the cartoon, the teenage, yeah. teenage he, was the, he was the voiceover. Uh-huh. Wow, he was talented, man. Yeah, he oh. was talented. He did Shredder. That is very much so. That and Samurai Jack. I found out that what's the name did Samurai Jack. Um, um, that guy does a lot of voices, though, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, Samurai Jack is kind of like Shredder. It's like what Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar, that's it. Man, my son yeah. yeah. He said he said James Avery and I thought Tex Avery. I was I know like, what you like, 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 I said, don't rush me, boy. <laughs> no. Okay, now it makes more sense. Thank you. Oh, Chuck Jones was Tom and Jerry. Who was Tex? Yeah. Tex Avery was, uh, did he do a lot of the... Um... They did like Droopy in uh, yeah. cartoons like yes. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which would be equally as impressive. <laughs> if he did Droopy and he did Shredder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tex, we know you had a hit with, with Droopy, but we got another curve. Now. <laughs> we got a curve. <laughs> this one is a, a psychotic martial artist that calls himself Shredder. He wants to kill Ninja Turtles. Go. Throw <laughs> <laughs> some, some stuff at me. But no, James Avery, that is surprising, man. Like, yeah. that is, I never would have. That's some trivia that might win somebody a million dollars one day. <laughs> Who did the voiceover for the animation Shredder? I never would have thought James Avery. <laughs> I never would have considered. Um, yeah, I, I heard it, and then I didn't believe it until I saw him do it. Uh, the, the clips on YouTube, and uh, I was like, huh, okay, now I believe it." <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed that that was him. <clears throat> that dude has an impressive, like, he had an impressive career, man. Mm-hmm. He really did. We talking about Carl Winslow from. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. No, are oh, we talking about Uncle Phil? No, no, no. Oh, no, not Phil. Carl. Winslow. 
Uncle Phil. We talking about Uncle Phil. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. I was yeah, black black TV father in the brain. I had to shuffle through real fast. I mean, she was Shredder Black. <laughs> I thought he was Zapping. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. He wore a mask the whole time. He never really saw his face. <laughs> the whole time, Shredder was black. <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll really mess up like the, the fans of Ninja Turtle. Did he have gloves on or did he have his like flesh hands? You can always I tell he had his, his arms out a little bit, but, <laughs> but he wore those gloves, right? With the, More gloves and he had mm. ladies. But he's also light skinned, so he could have been a light skinned black dude. <laughs> yeah, everybody, we don't know. Could have been a tank light dude. Could have been a tank All the glare off of the, the metal, you know. <laughs> I would love to see the Ninja Turtles having a conversation like, hey man, what's that? A black dude? <laughs> like, I couldn't tell. Like, like, it doesn't matter, but I couldn't, I can't profile. It doesn't matter, but. <laughs> Just like, he was really athletic, so I thought he was black, but then when the light hit one of his blades, he looked Asian. <laughs> We cut to we cut to a guy walking up to Tex Avery after reading one of his scripts. Hey, uh, Tex, I got a. <laughs> I know that this is your first time writing a Ninja Turtle script, but I got to say, for most of the script, the turtles are just talking about whether or not Shredder is black, and I don't know if that's appropriate for the audience <laughs> that we're targeting here with this cartoon. Like there's a fight early on, and then for the rest of the script, they're arguing whether or not he was a light skinned black dude, <laughs> or <laughs> or a tan white dude. I'm not sure if it matters to the turtles. They're turtles. Well, look, I was trying to add some, you know, some more natural dialogue. You know, I, I may have went a little heavy handed on it. You know, I brought it up when they were ordering pizza. I brought it up when they were skating on in the sewers. You know, what else did the turtles talk about? I just figured, is he black? I'm sure that's what the viewers are thinking. Tex, you're from you're from the old school. People aren't that focused on it right now. All right. I know it's been a while since your cartoons have been real big. You know, Droopy was huge. But this is just a different generation we're writing for. Well, I just want to let you know I based Droopy off this black dude that I met. (laughs) At a bar on Christmas, uh, I was having a conversation with him. You know, I think there was like a board meeting, and all of them were there drunk. And uh, I loved his voice, but he was black, you know. But he's a dog, but he had a black voice. We got to um, six, six months later when Texas won an Emmy for writing this episode, <laughs> and he's he's giving a speech to to a bunch of his fans. So text, man, we, we just really want to know you, your secret. Like, how do, how do you come up with this stuff? Because yeah. we want to write just like you. Well, um, I'm not supposed to be sharing this with you, technically. The producers are not going to like this. But um, all of those characters were really just black dudes. Huh? What do you mean? Shredder, you know, he was a really ambiguous kind of you know color so I figured if he was black and and it would it would shake some ruffle some feathers but hey why can't he be black you know like why can't Shredder be a light skinned black dude this sounds like the dialogue from the episode that won the Emmy <laughs> I, I remember Raphael saying that same thing 
Yeah, you know, I, I took a kind of kindred spirits to Raphael. You know, I figure no one really likes Raphael, but he always keeps it real. You know, he's, he's A to C. He's one, two, three, four, five, straight all the way to six. You know, he's, he's no one to eight. So I figured, why don't he just call it out like he sees it? You know, there's a scene where Shredder does like this spin move like Michael Jackson. And I was like, I bet Raphael would probably thought he was black right at that moment right there. So I took a risk and I added it into the script and, you know, here we are, you know, mwah, kissing the Emmy. Um, <laughs> we got to a table read where they're reading the script. Tandy, Tandy, I feel like you're making Shredder like real black, like in a weird way. He's not that black. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do a Samuel Jackson impression. You, he, really, you really don't think Shredder would have would have shit would have said all y'all get in the back i'm gonna have turtle soup <laughs> and steam and that is and that's the can't tell us and that is the Can't Tell Us Nothing show, everybody. Thank you for listening. Oh, man. <laughs> the individual. <laughs> That's the shredder. If you, <laughs> if you want to check out more of our stuff, check us out online on all your favorite social media platforms. C-Ton Improv, all those places. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's C-TonImprov.com. That's YouTube. C-Ton Improv. Uh, yeah, check us out. Check out videos. Check out past episodes, and uh, go check out these books we mentioned. And, and if you're doing a table read, invite Tandy. <laughs> I'm bringing my best Queen Latifah. <laughs> but for Tandy, for Michi, for John, and for myself, that's the Can't Tell Us Nothing show. We are out. <laughs>